From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Hello everyone and welcome to Retro Film Reviews. It's been a few years since I've done one of these, especially a recorded one, because the last one I did was a live watch for Clerks, uh, which that was a lot of fun, but I wanted to get back into the way that I used to do it before with the previous Retro Film Reviews that, uh, from what I can remember, I've gotten pretty good reactions on YouTube and then in the audio form of it all over, you know, Spotify and etc. <clears throat> but spooky season right now and wanted to get onto a film that I consider to be the perfect holiday film because it works both as a Halloween film and as a Christmas film. And I'm of course talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, my favorite musical film of all time, and uh, a definitely a fan favorite film from the uh, catalog of Tim Burton work. A uh, story, of course, written by Tim Burton and was produced by Tim Burton, but not directed. It was uh, directed by, let me look at it right here. I have it pulled up by Henry Selick. And uh, yeah, story and characters uh, by Tim Burton. And from what I was looking at, I believe it was like a, it was a poem that he had written in the early 80s when he was uh, working at Disney. That he was trying to get it like off either as a TV series, like a short, like a short TV series or TV um, short film, or as a just a short film period, and could not get that on. But then once he established himself as a little bit more with, you know, the success of Wee's uh, uh, Big Adventure, and then Batman and Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, he was able to, I guess, like have that clout where he'd be able to get this film finally made, and he finally did came out uh, 30 years ago, October 29th will be exactly 30 years ago of its worldwide theatrical release, and I don't remember if I did see this in theaters, but I remember I've definitely seen it several times when I had the VHS tape, and I've watched it several times when they would show it on TV, or seeing it on Disney+, Plus, or seeing it on Blu-ray and DVDs, and, and yeah, we all know what the movie is, but if you're one of the few people in the world who have not seen and I remember before Christmas, I have no idea what it's about. I'm going to read the uh, synopsis that I have up here, pulled from IMDb, which at first glance kind of runs through the entire story of the film. Uh, yeah, Pumpkin King, Jack Skellington, with the speaking voice credit, which is uh, Chris Sarandon, and then the singing credit is Danny Elfman. Yeah, Pumpkin, Pumpkin King, Jack Skellington, an elegantly and attenuated skeleton has delivered another scary Halloween but he receives the adulation of the Halloween town with no enthusiasm. Something is missing from Jack's life, and he's tired of doing the same old Halloween thing year after year. The missing something might well be Sally, an animated ragdoll who yearns for Jack, but he doesn't notice. And Sally is voiced by Catherine O'Hara, a fake fan favorite actress from also from Tim Burton's uh, uh, selection of actors that he loves to work with. And yes, Sally was created by Halloween Town's evil scientist, uh, Dr. Finkelstein. Uh, I believe that's it. Yeah, Dr. Finkelstein. And who keeps her locked up, except when she knocks him out by slipping deadly nightshade in his soup. 
And after pondering his ennui, I don't know how to pronounce this, E-N-N-U-I, ennui, I guess that's how it is, in a cemetery, disturbing Sally, who's replenishing her supply of deadly nightshade, Jack takes his ghostly dog, Zero, for a walk in the woods. They come up upon a strange circle of trees, each with a door representing a holiday. Jack opens the Christmas door, and they are stuck in, leading in Christmas Town, or landing in Christmas Town, rather. And Jack is curious about everything he sees, but finds it delightful and wants to be part of it. And that's pretty much the synopsis of the film, the plot synopsis. And, yeah, and he, of course, yeah, once he is exposed to Christmas Town, he decides to take a few of the little trinkets that he finds there and brings it back with him to Halloween Town and shows it off to the people of Halloween Town. And he's wanting to bring Christmas to his people and trying and he starts you know trying to study what christmas is and he's reading different books and conducting all these experiments that none of them really make any sense uh really and this is a film that you can kind of just throw logic out the window because you know there, there's no point in thinking logically with this um but yeah it is a fun story it's a short little relatively short film it's like i think Official runtime is at 70 minutes, like 70-ish minutes, I think. Um, but yeah, it's a stop-motion animation, and one of the best uses of stop-motion animation. And the style of it is very much from in the signature Tim Burton style. Uh, if you've seen like sketches that he's done, this is very much what his characters look like when he sketches them out. And the, of course. One of the things that people love a lot about this, aside from just the characters themselves, it's the music. Of course, created by, scored by, and written and composed by Danny Elfman, another staple of Tim Burton's filmography. Um, not that he's worked on every film, he didn't do Sweeney Todd with him, um, but he's worked on, I would say, maybe 99.99% of his films and television work. But yeah, a lot of great songs from the soundtrack. Uh, which, yeah, there's This Is um, Halloween, uh, Making Christmas, What's This is probably the most popular song. Uh, what's this? What's this? It's covered everywhere. Yeah. Um, but my personal favorite song is Jack's Lament. I don't know why that one is my favorite song. It just, every time I listen to the soundtrack of the movie, that's the song I just gravitate towards the most. And I guess because it's just so melodramatic and... and what it's what the song is and what it's about and yeah i just i love like i said this is my favorite musical that i've ever seen of and I, I love musicals especially disney musicals i grew up on that thanks to my mom um but yeah this was definitely is definitely at the top of the list for me as far as musicals because yeah, i love this one i love beauty and the beast little mermaid lion king rocky horror picture show so many different musicals that i've seen in my life that but this one just tops them all it just does and then of course the cast we have yeah, Danny Elfman he does the singing voice of Jack Skellington as I already said and Chris Randon is the speaking voice and but Danny Elfman also does the, the voice of Beryl you know Lock, Shock and Beryl and and Shock is also voiced by Catherine O'Hara and then Lock is voiced by the late Paul Rubens another of Tim Burton's go-to people of course directed him in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and he also was in, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in 
uh, Batman Returns in the opening scene as uh, Oswald's father. And we also have uh, Glenn Shaddix, who was Otho in Beetlejuice, and playing the mayor, which it, it took me so many years to finally realize that his the whole concept, the, way, the, the concept of the mayor is he's a two-faced mayor, literally two-faced. You know, two, literally a two-faced politician. And then we have Ken Page as Oogie Boogie, who was the inspiration for my cat, Boogie Oogie. You know, just switched the, the names over. Um, and we have other, see, Susan McBride as the, the big witch. And Corpse Kid, Corpse Mom, Small Witch. Uh, see, a couple of names that I'm not familiar with, but again, it's a relatively short cast because a lot of the actors voiced multiple characters throughout. You know, Catherine O'Hara was Sally and Shock. Danny Elfman was Beryl and the singing voice of Jack Skellington. And then the clown with the tearaway face here in a flash and gone without a trace. And William Heck Hickey was Dr. Finkelstein. And yeah. Such such a fun, fun film. And I would say also my second favorite song is actually the, uh, the Oogie Boogie song. And it's just uh, because it's very bluesy, and I do, and I love blues music. And just the buildup of it, especially when he when he gets once the once you know Lock, Shock, and Barrel, they kidnap Santa Claus, and they bring him down into Oogie Boogie's lair, and just the the, the opening just boom 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 boom. I just love that, and and I've seen like you know people talk about wanting to do sequels to this, which I don't think that they should because it would just take away from I don't want to I don't know if purity would be the right description for it just or the essence or just what made this film so unique and so beloved it would be I don't want to say tarnished but it might be just it would lose what made it so special if they did a sequel to it because I've heard like that there was like a concept of you know, of uh, Thanksgiving, doing it with Thanksgiving or some one of the other holidays, because again, he once he gets to that center of the of the woods, and yeah, there's the Easter door, there's Thanksgiving, I think there's a Valentine's Day door as well, which that would be an interesting concept to explore. But I hope that they don't, because again, I don't want them to ruin what made this film so special to so many people. And because again, it's especially if you're, if you're part of the hot topic crowd. You know that that's one of the go-to things at Hot Topic as well. It's such a such a popular, popular brand at Hot Topic. And then one of my coworkers, Erica, she has a, a backpack of of Nightmare Before Christmas and wears pins on her her uh, work attire as well. And 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 I've actually like toyed around with the idea of like you know I've always talked about wanting to get different tattoos. That one of the tattoos I did want to get was the is the poster artwork of Jack on that little thing with the moon right behind him and I would want to get it on my left calf you know like right there um so whenever I finally get to start doing that stuff uh having the funds to do so that's one of the tattoo concepts I would want to get and and it's just yeah this it's such a fun hijinks kind of film just again the animation is great the music is great the acting is great um it's it has a, a genuine humor that is not forced and it's 
which you know I love when it's not when when humor is not forced, and and it just for the runtime that it is, because again I think it's about seventy minutes. It's it's a short film, which I mean the classic Disney films tend to be pretty short, but and I again I I wish I can remember if I saw this in theaters. I feel like I did, and if I'm wrong, then whatever. It's this is definitely one of those films that I would never get tired of seeing. I mean, hell, when, when I got Disney Plus for the first time in 2019, I think this was the first movie that I watched. Um, and it is a film that I, when my brother and I were growing up, we had the VHS tape. We, that was definitely one of those films that was on rotation several times, not just during Halloween or Christmas, but several times a year because we just love it that much. And, man, I can't help it. I'm a, I'm a Disney kid at heart. I am. And that is all thanks to my mother. She uh, instilled that love of Disney and me and my brothers and a love of musicals especially. And this is one that just, and I'll never get tired of watching it and just how much of an impact it made on me. Because again, I literally made my, named my cat after one of the characters. You know, yeah, the character is Oogie Boogie. I named my cat Boogie Oogie. So that just tells you all you need to know about how much I love this film. And... This is, like, if I was to get in filmmaking, especially to do, like, working in, like, an animation, this is the kind of story that I would want to do. And there's actually a book that I'm going to eventually do a review on. Uh, it's a Mick Foley novel that I've, envi- I've always envisioned it. Uh, if it were to become a movie, that it would be a Tim Burton movie, whether live action or an animation. If it was an animation, I'd want it to be in this kind of style. Um, that signature Tim Burton animation style of, you know, the way he does it here, the way he does Corpse Bride, the way he did Frank and Weenie, like something like that. That's what I would. That's how I envisioned it in my head. And I also like the people like they have that little theory of how Frank and Weenie, Corpse Bride, and Nightmare Before Christmas are kind of connected to each other with the with because of the dog and then the kid. Um, you know how just the visual of the kid and Frank and Weenie, and then. And Corpse Bride, and then Jack, and then the dog from Frank and Weenie to the uh, Corpse Bride as a skeleton, and then as a ghost here in Nightmare Before Christmas. You can kind of see how people would make, would want to have it as a fan canon in their head that it's that it's all connected. Whether or not Tim Burton would subscribe to that theory, I don't know. Uh, he's he's a unique individual to say the least. So if I ever am fortunate enough to ever meet the man and that's that is one of the questions i would ask him if it hasn't been asked already i would assume it probably has been but i'm just too lazy to do the research but um yeah this is as best of a retro film review as i could do i mean there's really nothing that i could say about this that hasn't already been said i mean because you know, it's such a beloved film. It's been 30 years since its theatrical release worldwide, and just and just it's just so much fun. I mean, I would say like one of my favorite gags is with was when the East, when they have the Easter Bunny after Jack assigns Lock, Shock, and Barrel to uh, go through the holiday door to get Santa Claus, so that he can take over Christmas for the year, for this or for this year in particular. And when they get the bunny, I just think it's funny that because Easter is another favorite holiday of mine. But, but that, that's that's for another time. And 
then like also like when Jack is getting ready to do his experiments uh, on figuring out because again the experiments he's doing makes no sense because he's crushing up ornaments putting it into a beaker and there's like a, a, a whatever reaction to it and he's trying to figure out what it means and it literally literally means nothing which just makes it even more hilarious um, but when Sally decides to help out by taking some supplies from Dr. Finkelstein how she just launches herself out the window is just so it's 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 funny to so as an adult I just laugh so much of it and, and every time when I was a kid I probably didn't laugh at it as much but as an adult I I laugh so at that part every time because it's just the way she just freely throws herself out the window is just so hilariously done and and then the ending when Jack confronts uh, Oogie Boogie and pulls the thread of his uh, burlap sack body and all the bugs that, you know, were inhabiting his uh, his shell. Just seeing how that looked out afterwards. Mm. Uh, I, I, I need to see the making of the documentary for it because I've seen the clips here and there over the years, but I don't remember if I've seen the full-on documentary for it. And I need to do that because I'm fascinated by um, by filmmaking in general and behind-the-scenes stuff. So I want to see the full behind-the-scene making of for this film. Uh, I'll probably do it after I'm done recording this, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this uh, retro film review of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Again, celebrating 30 years of its theatrical worldwide release on October the 29th, which is this coming Sunday, as I'm recording this on the 24th at 1.38 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, feel free to celebrate by watching it this Sunday, or just watch it anytime you want, as I already do. And uh, thank you all so much for watching, for listening, for subscribing, and if you're not subscribed, please do so, you already know what to do. Click the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow button on Spotify, and Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, and so on. And you can also check out my other virtual film reviews that I have on here for uh, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street that I did in 2020. Um, for Adam's Family and Adam's Family Valley is my double film review for that. And my other Disney movies that I've done, you know, like The Lion King from 1994, and my other film reviews for Masters of the Universe, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, um, Edward Scissorhands, another Tim Burton film. I did that one for Christmas 2020, I believe. Um, and uh, I had No Holds Barred, the Hulk Hogan movie. That, that one I did in 2020 as well. Uh, one of those So Bad It's Good kind of movies. And uh, yeah. Check all those out. You can check out my uh, other movie reviews for Halloween, uh, Malignant, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and you know, Avengers Endgame, and so on. And, uh, and also, please feel free to check out also my conversation with Allison Crow. That was a lot of fun, um, and uh, hope to be to do more of those as well. And anyone who would like to come on here, join me, have a conversation about anything. You know, whether it's movies, video games, comic books, wrestling, life, whatever. Feel free to do so. You can drop a comment on YouTube. Reach out to me on Menatized Podcast on Facebook. Menatized Podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, it's the Menatized Podcast at gmail.com. And um, this has been my retro film review of The Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm Julian. 
Love you all. Thank you so much for subscribing, liking, sharing, listening, watching, loving and appreciating every single thing you guys have done and supported me with on here. And I will continue to be grateful and I will, will hope that you will continue to support me as well. And, uh, yep, I am Julian and I will see all of you on the next one.